family sized butt plug and move it. Family sized? <laughs> the family the butt plugs together? It's, it's plugs together. It's stuck together. <laughs> Stopped up together. Gross. <laughs> Pretty sure Too you far. Be afterwards. <laughs> Gross. Welcome to Murder Brunch. We're the Murder Brunch Bunch. I'm Clinton. I'm Rachel. I'm Joe. And this is the podcast where we bring you two tales of murder and mayhem and discuss where a killer falls on Dr. Michael Stone's scale of evil. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go home. Yeah. I apologize, listeners. Uh, my my fellows here uh, are suffering post post party slump malaise. <laughs> Yeah, we did have a party last night. Last night. We should have, we probably should have postponed this recording. <laughs> We're talking like the party went to like 2 a.m. I know. <laughs> it really did not. It like ended at 8. Yeah, it was, <laughs> but it started early, so. It did feel so dark out, though, when it was over. <laughs> We're just very old. <laughs> yeah. But here we are. Another murder brunch. Glad to be here, yes. as always. Our brunch food today is very eclectic i guess <laughs> it is party leftovers it is party leftovers so we have an array of pizzelle cookies and brie <clears throat> and grapes and panettone and panettone <laughs> meatballs and all kinds of, what is it olives red what velvet else? cake a red velvet cake bourbon. and a bourbon cake, cake. A bourbon that cake. bourbon cake is tasty and it's like a marble cake yeah and then we're polishing off the rest of the drinks with spiked eggnogs and hot chocolate so. And actually, this reminds me a lot of our earlier brunches where we'd be mm. like, I have a jar of pickles. <laughs> Will that work? <laughs> I yep. have an olive. <laughs> Just one. I, one Just olive. One. We're going to slice it in three. I do miss the, the garlic that mm. Clinton used to get. Yeah, it was just like it was just like a little tub of garlic. Yes, it was delicious. That we just ate raw, right? Like, or it well, was, it, it was roasted garlic. It was roasted garlic, yeah. But it was good. It was very good. Ah, memories. So not much to talk about today. No. Nothing new happening. No. So shall we just dive right in? Get to our first story. I'm for it. Yes, let's. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm hoping my voice and breathing keeps up. My allergies, I don't know. Maybe I'm allergic to Christmas parties. That could be it. That could absolutely You've be it. You've eaten too many carbs. <laughs> That's what happens to me. Mm-hmm. I get stuffed up, then I my nose runs for like hours and hours and hours, and then it gets stuffed up again. Joe is a keto cultist, and she believes in their teachings and testaments. <laughs> All hail keto. All hail keto. I'm just saying, if QAnon was here. <laughs> All right, so let's get into our first story. This is a story where we do have a murderer, and we will be putting it on the scale of evil. So, the time, 1914. The place, Oklahoma. So an oldie. The USA. <laughs> no, you don't mean Russia, Oklahoma, right? <laughs> it would be Oklahoma, Russia. <laughs> so, Ray Copeland... Is born ah. to a shut Sorry. Up. Sorry. <laughs> Ray Copeland is born to a nomadic family. So here's the thing. While I was when I was writing this, 
I kept that. I'm like, Rachel's talked about this. Rachel's talked about this sometime. And I couldn't. I'm like, did she do this for an episode? I had to go back to every single episode to make sure that you hadn't done this. If you ever need to do a quick check, we do have a spreadsheet on Google that I have shared with both of you numerous times. And it has everything documented. Anyway. <laughs> and if it makes you feel better, you're going to know my story too when I when I do mine. Good. So, I'm okay. going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. I know where this is going. <laughs> All right, so Ray Copeland is born to a nomadic family. They constantly travel following any lead for work. The situation worsens as the Great Depression hits. It was at this time that Ray quit school to help out with the family financially. At first, he begged on the street, but not earning enough, he began to run cons on people. I'm going to address this all to you because you're going to take a little nap. <laughs> His signature con would be to buy livestock at an auction with a bad check. And, and then sell it for beans. Oh, Different story. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> but I enjoy the enthusiasm. Okay. So he would buy the livestock with a bad check and then skip town before anyone knew. This scam was not particularly successful, and on uh, ni- er, in 1939, Ray was caught and sentenced to jail for a year. After his release in 1940, Ray met Faye Wilson. They married soon after and started pumping out those kids. I don't know how many they had, but it was like quite a few. For- mm. It seems. I don't know. I don't remember either. For some reason, the number six is popping into my head, but that, I don't know if that's right. Now that he had more responsibilities, but no money... Ray returned to his career of livestock theft and check fraud. However, like I said, this was not a great plan. He was not good at being a con man. And he would be jailed numerous times for the same crime. Eventually, he was formally banned from buying or selling livestock of any kind. Ray spent the next 40 years going from job to job, scraping by. He then made a plan. Good time to do it. Yeah. He'll be, what, 66 at that point, He's in his 70s. He started hiring drifters to work on his farm. Once there, he would set up checking accounts in their names and send them off to buy the livestock with their bad checks. Once that was done, Ray Copeland would sell off the animals, fire the drifter, and send them on their way, all while keeping his name out of the whole deal. But he was not a smart man. And eventually the authorities realized what he was, what was going on, and it landed him back in jail. Yeah, because I'm sure those drifters were like, yes, I'm buying this cow for myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Me, the well, drifter. They would, they would eventually find the guy. Yeah. And they're or like, the cow. Right. But it's like, <laughs> did, did you write this check? He's like, well, sometimes it was like, yeah, but I was told to. Or no, I yeah. didn't write that at all. Somebody forged my name, you know? Mm-hmm. So... When he got out again, Ray went back to his plan, but this time he corrected... He wore a fake mustache. (laughs) (laughs) But this time, no one was known. (laughs) This time, uh, he corrected his one mistake. This time, he would make sure the drifters would never be found. Poor drifters. Did you see that coming, Clinton? (laughs) Spoiler alert. They were found. So, in 1989, police received an anonymous tip that bones, including a human skull, could be found on the farm fields owned by the Copelands. A search of the land uncovered the shallow graves of five men. Autopsies would show that each man was shot at close range to the back of the head. Luckily, police found a ledger kept by (laughs) Faye. 
So meticulous. <laughs> Within which was a list of names of all the drifters hired by the Copelands. Twelve of the names, including all of the men who were found dead, had X's by them. Oh, God. The murder weapon, a twenty-two rifle, was found in the home. And disturbingly, a quilt was also found that Faye had made out of the victim's clothing. Not their skin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> your your no, face. No, no. Their clothes. Their clothes. Yeah. The elderly couple was charged for the five murders. Prosecutors offered Faye a deal to change her charges to conspiracy to commit murder if she gave them information of the other seven names with X's in her ledger. But she refused, constantly claiming that she knew nothing of any of the murders and that she was totally innocent. Yeah, I'm sure. In her trial, Faye's attorneys presented that she was suffering from batter woman syndrome and that she was, in fact, another of Ray's victims. However, the jury was not swayed and sentenced her to death by lethal injection. Now, no one disputed the fact that she was a battered wife. Like, he, he, would, he, was, he was a terrible person. Yeah, he would beat the shit out of her and yeah. stuff like that. But it wasn't enough to be like, well, the, you know, you don't have any responsibility in this. Right. So. I mean, she took down the records. Like, yeah, you made, she a, made quilt. a quilt. Yeah, yeah. Come on, Faye. <clears throat> Ray tried to plead insanity, but that did not work. Then he tried to make a plea deal with prosecutors, but they did not want to offer anything. So, at the end of his trial, Ray Copeland was also found guilty and sentenced to death. The Copelands became the oldest couple to be sentenced to death. Hmm. They may still hold that record. I don't know. Hmm. In the U.S. or the state. I also don't know that. I think it might be the U.S. I think it might be the they U.S. They were very old. They were in their mid to late 70s when yeah. they were sentenced. Yeah, because 1914 to 89, so he was 75. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it took a few years, I'm sure, as it usually does. So. Okay. However, neither would be executed. Ray died in 1993 while on death row. Faye's sentence was commuted to... You got it. You got it. I believe in you. Let me take another drink. Okay. So wait, you have vodka in that coffee and in your eggnog? <laughs> and no, it is a spiced rum in the eggnog. Oh, excuse I'm me. I'm mixing my liquor. <laughs> Ray's sentence... Ray's... Faye's sentence was commuted to life in prison. And then in 2002, she was granted a compassionate release due to her failing health. She died in 2003 at a nursing home. Crazy. Yeah. And you should, like, I know you enjoy looking up the pictures of the people we talk about when you do for these two. Like, look them up. They are like, it's like grandma and grandpa. They're really, because I feel like you, your car breaks down, you uh-huh. go to a farmhouse, these people answer the door, and you're like, you know what, I'm all right. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought that, I mean, they're not smiley. I'll give you that. They're very, they're very uh, brusque. Brusque? That's not a word. Is that the word I'm looking for? Brusque. No. Are you sure it's not hoisted on your own petard? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not quite uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. looking, but... Yeah. Well, they're murderers. I mean, there is that. So, for a second, I thought we weren't recording. We're good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, yes, they were very old. I mean, it starts out obviously wrong because their their names rhyme. They should never have gotten yeah. married in the first place. Ray and Faye. Get out of here. It's either you're going to be adorable or you're going to be murderers. Yeah. You're uh, going to be murdered or you're going to do the murdering. (laughs) 
But yeah, so they they definitely took the uh, Brewster ants method to <laughs> an extreme. So are we putting just Ray on the? Are we are we counting Faye as as? Well, so Faye, being that I mean, there's only one gun gunshot, and so everybody's pretty sure that it was Ray who did the actual killing. Yeah, don't really know what extent Faye. She probably was just the bookkeeper. But, um, so we're just going to do Ray on the scale. Okay. So Ray Copeland killing a bunch of drifters for profit. I guess that would be correct. I have retrieved the murder book. The murder book. Could not leave that out during a party. Our murder Bible. Uh, so the book we're referring to is of course the anatomy of evil by Dr. Michael H. Stone, which lists a 22 step scale of evil. And so, any of our murderers can range from category one. Justifiable homicide. All the way up to category 22. Psychopathic torture murderers with torture as their primary motive. The motive need not always be sexual. And here we are. Okay, well, I think we have to scale. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And here we are. I this we- is what we've become. <laughs> and then we have to take out any torture element. I don't think he did any no, torture. No, it's not a torture. Yeah. He, I- he executed them. Right. My, my immediate expectation is that this goes to the one, the killers in the way. A killers of people in the way. Right? Because it's got to be, right? It kind of does, only because, I mean, he started out without killing them. Right. And then they were, it was a problem. They're right. props. They're right, props yeah. to get his money. It reminds me of the woman with the, the pig farm. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But whereas she was killing people to avoid any kind of, like, talk about things, mm-hmm. like, he's, he's doing it literally to get money. Yeah. Well, it's not even to get money. It's just that so he, he won't get caught again. Right. Right. Because he did it for a, a while without killing, and he still was able to sell the animals and get money or whatever. But eventually, eventually he got that caught. fake mustache wears off. Yeah, right? it just peels right off. <laughs> um, Back then, the adhesive wasn't as good as it is now. <laughs> but there are two for killing people in the way, isn't there? So, yes. There is Category 10, killers of people in the way, including witnesses. And then there is Category 11, fully psychopathic killers of people in the way. I think he's fully psychopathic. I think the the cold-bloodedness, the history of, of crime, the, if nothing else, sociopathic. He does not care about rules. He does not care about laws to get what he wants. I think, I think he's probably 11. That's my immediate reaction. But I'm, you know, you know, talk me out of it. I'm tired. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go with 10 instead of 11. Why? Mostly because I like to argue with you. <sighs> Damn it, <Clinton>. um, <clears throat> No, but I feel... So so 10 states, it's full uh, killers of people in the way, including witnesses, etc. And that's essentially what I feel the people he killed were. They were they were witnesses to a crime of the... Of the fraud. The fraud. And I think that if he could have gotten away or done it without killing the people he would have so you're saying 11 kind of tips him over to enjoying the killing or yes something like it that. is and it is part of the plan like yeah hmm. or, or or potentially unnecessary yes and i would have to agree like i don't really see him as being psychotic i th- he was just a product of the time and the family that he Oh, because and, he came from yeah. I mean, like it's just like they were of, vagabonds. Yeah. They they had no choice but to find money where they could, and and the best way to find money was to run scams, you know. Right. And so that's and when you grow up, that's all you do. That's all you're you know, and that's the only thing you're good at. Well, I mean, he wasn't even good at it, but um, I mean, he went forty years. 
without doing any of that, just scraping by. It actually makes you wonder what 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 was his mental state when he did decide mm-hmm. to start killing? Because that's a jump. That's a jump from cons and fraud and running scams. And I understand he picked the lowest denomination of his of society, right? He picked drifters who he felt were basically non-people probably. Mm-hmm. But that's still a big move to be like, I'm going to kill this person. Well, I think it was simply because he did it and then he got caught. So he went back to jail. And the next step to be able to do the con without going to jail is you have to make sure that those people aren't found. And so there's only one way to do that. And that's to bury them. I don't know. I mean, there are other methods. He could have bought them... A bus ticket. They made, He made plenty of money off these sales, probably. He could have bought them a bus ticket, sent them out of city, out of state, or something like that. Mm. Where the cops probably would you know, and once it gets out of the jurisdiction, they may not have tracked him down. But then at that point, they all know him. You know, mm. where he lives now, he is the guy who does the fraud. Well, and he killed at least 12 people. You don't think there's a little bit more psychopathic tendency in that? Mm. That's a lot of people. <clears throat> it's a lot of people, but I think it was a means to the end. Hmm. You might have swayed me. Right? Only because I can see someone killing people in the way once. Right. Versus then continuing to do it. It's, yeah. And it, like it, then, like- it then becomes less in the way and more part of, like, necessary. Yeah. Because I think 10 is mostly put aside for things like mob, killing witnesses to have a trial work their way or something like that. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, And for instance, for 10 on our scale, we have Chris Watts. He Mm -hmm. killed his family, which is horrible. Right. But it was a one-time event. The fact that this guy kept going back and killing man after man over several years, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit more to him where he's he's a little darker inside than just 10. I think he's an 11. On a scale of 1 to 10, you are an 11. (laughs) <laughs> Ray Copeland <laughs> um, Alright, I'll, I'll say I'm swayed I can give him an 11 you know, We were just so tired, we are like, yeah sure, sounds great I still think he's a 10 Because, you know, he didn't kill Every drifter that came in So it wasn't like it was He wasn't. It wasn't a fixation Or it wasn't like He, he took people just to kill them Or mm-hmm. something like that I see that so, more as a, I don't want to get caught. So if I did everyone, I'd get caught a lot faster. Right. So I still think it was just one of those things where it wasn't a psych, it wasn't from a psychotic drive. It was just, this is what you do to not get caught. I don't know. I don't know. But it was 12. And they, don't, they never found out what happened to the other seven that right. had X's by their names. So it could have been up to 19. It could, I mean. No, 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 no. It was 12 that had X's. Oh, they only found five. But they only found the five. Okay. Yeah. But also, Faye could have been a shitty bookkeeper. There might have been more that they didn't start writing down. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I think she, she was only... meticulous. <laughs> Maybe she only wrote down the ones she used for the quilt. Maybe there were other ones that she did, they didn't keep the clothes from. X means cross-stitch, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just feel like that kind of... I know it's overused, but that's just kind of cold-blooded, I'm going to kill all these men. They just... I wish, like, we knew the total sum. Yeah. Right? Because if they hired 20 people and 12 of them had exes, that's quite a bit. But if they had hired, like, 150 over the years and 12 of them, it's a different ratio. Oh, that's actually... Yeah, that is kind of interesting. That... 
you know what? That actually might change my mind if we did have that number. Isn't that weird? Hmm. I mean, but then what's the value of human life? 12 people are still a lot of people to murder. Again, I, I wish I could... I wish he could tell us about that moment where it's like, I'm going to kill this guy. I think that's the best way to handle the situation. Just, it just feels like such a jump. Not that con men and fraudsters don't escalate to eventually killing, but, I mean, some don't, obviously, but. What about, like, the schemer one? What is the schemer one? Well, oh, we, our, our uh, favorite ruthlessly self-centered psychopathic schemers? Yeah. I don't feel like this was a, well, I mean, it was. Or is he an inadequate, rageful psychopath? No. no. No, I still feel like it's in the way. It's basically people who could get him in trouble. I think it is only because he was doing a thing. Yeah. And it wasn't working out. Yeah. So he added killing the people Ugh. to make it work out better. Definitely scheme involved, but I, I think the in the way is more... But he didn't level. scheme to kill. Yeah. Like, this wasn't an elaborate, he I'm going to... ambush them in the field. Knock them out. Yeah. yeah. Didn't get their inheritance, hunt them down. Like, he right. wasn't a like little <laughs> old lady <laughs> hunter or anything. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're going with 11. Are you going to be cool with that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So 11. So this time it's me who everybody's ganging up on. Yes. <laughs> um, Ray Copeland on the scale for 11. Put it on the board. <laughs> Done. Who's on 11? Anybody? Dyson Hassenkopf. Oh. Who was. Oh, I remember that he one. He was a bit of a schemer. He was a piece of work. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so mine's a bit of a ghost story today. Ooh, I don't think that's appropriate for this podcast. I think it is. <laughs> All right, here we go. Unless, are there three ghosts, one of the past, present, and future? Actually, it was traditional <laughs> for Christmas to tell ghost stories. Yeah. Yeah, why not? We should start doing that at your parties. Ooh. I'd be okay with that. I wanted to request that next year's party is a pajama party because I wanted to wear pajamas when Isn't I saw them. Isn't every party that we ever throw for each other a pajamas party if you want it to be? If you want it to be. Nothing's holding me back. I just wanted, I wanted specifically said this is a pajama party. Every social gathering is a pajama party if you try hard enough. Exactly. Or try little enough. All right. Here we go. Focus up. This is the story of the Flannan Isles Lighthouse disappearance. Ah. Oh, really? You've heard this one before? <laughs> It's a good one. <laughs> All right. You ready, Clinton? Mm-hmm. All right. Flannan <laughs> Isles is a collection of tiny islands off the coast of Scotland. Like, there's Scotland, and then there's a bigger island, and then there's these little tiny islands. And we're going to those little tiny yeah, islands. Yeah, we all know geography. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm just come saying, on. They're, they're really... It's <laughs> Do a very... we? We don't know. I have no idea where these islands are. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you, you <laughs> nutbag. All right. And they're called the Flannan Isles. All right. Flannan? Flannan. F-L-A-N-N-A-N. They're made up of seven islets, so they're even tinier than you think, known as the Seven Hunters. On Eileen Moor, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, they have a lighthouse, and they were suspected to have paranormal activity. Yeah, you heard They always do. Every lighthouse is haunted, apparently. Only sheep lived on this little tiny islet, and a ruined chapel that was built in the 7th century by St. Flannan. There were accounts of pilgrims traveling to the chapel and performing weird rituals. So that's where a lot of the weirdness comes from for the island. And then there was, of course, the lighthouse. In 1900, there were three men manning the brand new lighthouse. They had just redone it. So it's state-of-the-art 1900 lighthouse. (laughs) Ah, those turn-of-the-century lighthouses. Look at those mirrors. Thomas Marshall, James Ducat, Ducat, D-U-C-A-T. 
I, I've heard it as Ducat. Or Ducat. Ducat. I haven't heard Definitely it as Ducat. <laughs> and Donald MacArthur. Working at the lighthouse was hard. It was a four-week shift at the lighthouse, and then you get four weeks on the mainland with your family. And they'd get hurt, and they'd then yell, duck it! <laughs> and they would switch back and forth. Um, they were responsible for maintaining the light, obviously, keeping a 24-hour fog watch, understanding the changes in the sea, machinery repair, being a good cook and companion, and all that good stuff. But it was a pretty lonely, boring life. It was four weeks of, you know, watching the ocean, basically. And then four weeks off. This sounds awesome. Okay. <laughs> You don't have your phone. You gonna be able to handle it? (laughs) Four weeks by yourself, read a book. Four weeks, go back to the family. Mm, It's hard. On December 15th, 1900, a ship passed by the lighthouse and the light was off. Uh Uh-oh. This was also the last day there was an entry in the logbook and mentioned damage to equipment, bent stairway, iron railings, and displaced rail tracks. So there was stuff there, but we're gonna get to the logbook in a second. On December 26th, the Hesperus, a relief ship, arrived at the island. They were bringing supplies and a new light keeper for the rotation. I don't remember which guy was going to go back to the mainland. I want to say it was Marshall because he was the like lead of the three that were on there. But either way, they brought a new guy. But no one met Captain Harvey and the Hesperus at the dock to help moor the ship or greet them. And that was typically what you would do is you'd come down and help everybody get. How you doing over there? I just smelled something <laughs> that I can't place. So What is going on with your olfactory Stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. Nutmeg is your kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> or is it like I've become like spider? I can't like. What you, smells really good? I don't know. Ant eater man. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's it. Um, <laughs> on December. Okay. Oh wait, the Hesperus. Yeah. Okay, so they're coming in with supplies and then you like keeper. No one met Captain Harvey. When the sailors went to the housing area, they found unmade beds, a stopped clock, and only two of the three coats gone. The kitchen table had meat, cheese, and pickles still on it and an overturned chair. So whatever happened, happens fairly At mealtime. At mealtime. Like, it actually looks like our table right now. It does. We've got, <laughs> a, we've got a Flannan Isles Lighthouse table going on. We did it on purpose. I told you not to knock over my chair. The <laughs> gate and door were shut and locked. That's a, that's a big part of it too like what okay so anyway captain harvey wired the mainland saying the three men were gone they could not find marshall ducat or MacArthur anywhere his theory that they were swept to sea during a storm and that they had been working on a crane or some other equipment outside when it happened the clocks this is what i found interesting in one of the articles read the clocks told them it probably happened a week before the hesperus showed up but it's 1900 these are just regular clocks right how could they tell them a week I don't know. Clocks. Are, you think they had dates on? on they. I they mean, could have. They could the have. Hundreds. They okay. could have because I mean, it's not like they're, you know, with the cog system or whatever. It's not like they had like technology was. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it just rotates. Yeah, it yeah. just rotates. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, that's what that was reported that they could tell it happened about a week before that the clock stopped. Which was unfortunate because the Hesperus had actually been late on relief. If they had gotten out to the island when they were scheduled to get there, they might have been able to stop whatever happened to the men. So, there's that. Okay, so we turn to the logbook. December 12th, Marshall mentions strong winds unlike any he's seen in 20 years of manning the lighthouse. So, that's pretty weird. He wrote that Ducat was quiet and MacArthur was crying. This is also weird because MacArthur had a really tough sailor reputation he was like a seafarer he had he i think he had been in the military or or something at some at one point he was just like really really tough guy 
Mm-hmm. He also ha- was known for being a brawler and with a bad temper. So he, they were thinking maybe a fight might have broken out between the three, and he had beat them up or something like that to explain why he was upset. I don't know, but that was part of it. <laughs> I beat the shit out of him. <laughs> That's why he was I'm crying. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but that was not obviously documented in the logbook. Marshall because they didn't want the shame. Yeah, Marshall wrote. A st- they he beat the shit out of me, so I started talking about his mom, and he started to cry. <laughs> Marshall wrote a storm had begun and was scary enough for them to be praying. Which again, to to document that also surprises everyone because there were no storms re- reported anywhere else. Like no one on any of the islands around the Flannan Isles mentioned a storm at all during these periods of like four or five days. Everything should have been calm until December 17th. And these men didn't pray during storms. They were all experienced light keepers. They had been on the lighthouse for years. They knew what they were doing. They should have been unflappable. It should have been well, also you just would think storm. that if there was a storm going on, there were things that you had to do. Right. You had to batten down the hatches, right? Right. And not only that, but he but also him documenting that they were praying leads back to the weird rituals that are supposedly associated with St. Flannan's chapel, there's reports that it like draws people to pray. It mm. may, like you go there even with the intent of not praying that you feel the urge to kneel down and pray. And so there's like this weird, there's a weird connection there. Supposedly. Allegedly. The only lead that they had was on the western side of the aisles. Captain Harvey found some damaged ropes around the supply crane. This was the damage mentioned at the beginning and was reported before before the disappearance actually happened. So that means that they saw the damage, reported it, and then disappeared. So that seems odd as well because if they had saw it, they would have immediately started repairing it and then come home, come back to write about it. So if that was responsible for their disappearance, how did they write about it after they were done working on it? You know, stuff like that. So there's a weird timeline thing there. The official report says just that, that they were they went to fix this crane, were hit by a wave, and killed. But there are many questions. It was against the rules for all three men to be out of the lighthouse at one time. There was, it was like required that they would, one man had to stay behind in case he needed to light the light. And they knew this. Like I said, they were experienced light keepers. This was not a mistake. Also, if they all left during a storm, which was, which was what was reported, why would one of them go out without a coat? That would be foolish and ridiculous because... It'd be certain death, too, at that time yeah, of year. Yeah, get really sick. Yeah, who knows? Where were the bodies? They never found any of the bodies, any of the men. And you would think, like, oh, they get pushed into the ocean, they get sent out. But that's not really not the case. Usually, if you're washed over an island, the waves just bring you back to the shore. You know what I mean? And they're not heavy enough to sink to the bottom. They would have been brought back to the shore. So, But they never found any bodies. Why did it appear they left in a hurry? They left all their food out and the chair and everything. And why did they report bad weather when no one else had? Which, again, very odd. Some theories... Oh, I love these. You ready? Some theories include a giant seabird coming and came and got them. <laughs> An albatross, most likely. Obviously. Are albatrosses big enough to do people? I mean, no. no yeah. But they're big. Yeah. Pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. <laughs> Spies abducted them from the island. And then filled out the logbook. <laughs> Spies for who? I don't know. I looked at... Atlantis? Up. Yeah. <laughs> or... MacArthur, in a rage, killed everyone and committed suicide. That's that's one of the more um, like popular ones, as far as. But even that one, where that would the ex- bodies? Yeah. Where would the bodies be? That How would he hide the bodies? Anything. Right. Yeah. But the idea, people like to do the whole 
he went crazy for being on the island so long. That kind of thing. It's four weeks too long. And then oh, and the head horse is late and then he goes crazy. Or like everybody. whatever's going on on the island affected him. And yeah. Drove him crazy. Yeah, exactly. In 1971, the lighthouse became automatic and the island is no longer inhabited. Some tourists and bird watchers stop by occasionally and they can still hear Marshall, Ducat, and MacArthur calling for each other in the wind. Bullshit. I don't know. This was, this was reported. <laughs> So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a weird mystery. I mean, yes, the most likely theory is probably true that they were working on the crane they got washed over and hit a good current or whatever. And it took their bodies out to the, out to the ocean, but it is weird. Like there's a lot of weird happenstances around it. I do know this story and it's been done a lot, yeah. but I, I like there's a movie. There is. It's called The Vanishing. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. With Gerard Butler. So I think it was what like the crane or whatever got damaged. So two went out to to fix it, probably during a storm. Maybe it wasn't even a heavy storm, but a storm. And one of them got hurt to the point where they needed the third guy to help them. Mm. And that would probably be the only reason why the third would leave the lighthouse. Okay. And if it was in such a an emergency that he had to run out without his coat to grab his his buddy. his buddy or whatever, I think that would make the most sense. And then, you know, rogue wave or whatever. Now, if it was a rogue wave, it'd have to be one goddamn big rogue wave. Yeah. <laughs> because it, it would have to be the biggest rogue wave recorded in the area. Well, they also said that there was, like, uh, what was it? Sea- waves could damage up the island 200 feet. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're, they're in an area that gets some big waves. Yeah. But the whole thing, they are also, there was no storm reported. Nobody reported any other storm. They're, and the storms don't hit just one tiny islet. But wasn't the, the ship late to get them because of bad weather? I don't think it was because of bad weather. I think there was something else. Mm. I don't I don't think it was because of, well, I don't mm. Don't quote me on that one. Yeah. But either way, the dates that they mentioned that they're, they went missing. Now, that could be it, that they have their timeline wrong. Maybe it happened a lot closer to Hesperus's landing than there. It didn't happen a week ago. Maybe it happened the night before or something like that. Right. And they just happened I to mean, the, the clocks, clocks wrong. Yeah, or the clocks had stopped, but there was nothing wrong with the guys. Right. Until later. Right. And that's just a creepy, weird coincidence, you know. Yeah. Clock, and it's like, clock like, the is it? Like, more than one clock, or is it just, like, they had one clock in the... In the whole lighthouse. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah. So, it's just a, it's just a weird little ghost story. I mean... Oh, no. It's, it's, it's like, perfect for it. You know, creepy lighthouse with weird cultish-like activity yeah. happening and people go missing. But, I mean, more than likely, if they were not murdered by each other... They are dead, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, there's there there's that, and it's really sad that they weren't able to ever find bodies or anything inclusive for the families because they never did find out what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So, side note: Have you ever seen the movie The Lighthouse? Is this the one with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe? No, Ryan really wanted to watch that, and we watched it, and it it's black and white. Yeah, it's boring as shit. It's weird. Right? Because I thought it was based off of this, but it's not. No, it's not. Robert Pattinson has some kind of weird mental breakdown hallucinating about mermaids and stuff. (laughs) Okay. Like you do. There is a scene where they they slow dance, so that's cute. (laughs) But, and then the movie, movie, it turns off and Ryan's like, that's not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, that's exactly what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. 
And I've never seen The Vanishing, the, the movie that this is all based off. So I don't know what theory they go with in that. They're probably something sensationalized. Maybe. Or maybe they do the, the whole crane thing. Or No, I think they probably touch on the relationships between the three men and stuff like that. Truthfully, it's the only thing that wouldn't be sensationalized would be is if one of them murdered the other two. However, that just doesn't seem likely. It doesn't. It doesn't, and it's and it would be uh, what happened to the third man. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he kills two of them in a big wave, takes him. You know what I mean? Like what? How does how does that work? And he rides the wave out. <laughs> Woo! Like I don't know. It, I think it would have been, and not only that, but these were three. You know, I, one of them was a little bit older, but I think Marshall. I think he was like the oldest, mm-hmm. but they were all like strapping. Men, you know what I mean? Like they yeah. weren't little. If one of them was going to kill two of them, I feel like that would be kind of hard to do. Now. The three of them, was one of them, like, new to the Lighthouse game? Uh, Ducat, I think, yeah. was the newest. Yeah, and yeah. I think, like, he, like one of them wasn't supposed to be there on that rotation, but, like, the fourth man had something going on, so he had to go. I'm not quite sure, but, I mean, either way, it, it, nothing would suggest one of them was off his rocker. Right. And this is this story was confusing me for a little bit because isn't there another lighthouse story where they get there and like the men are strung up on the lighthouse? Yes. Which well, one of them that? is. One of them is. Which story is and that? And I can't remember what, but it that it tends to confuse me too. And but that in that story they know what happened. They know one, what happened. Of, one of them did, did. go crazy, yeah. killed one, and then you know hung up on scarecrow. Yeah, or something. tie him yeah. up to, like on the landing of the yeah. The that, one, that one's a wild story too. So, but I got onto this one first, and I'm like, this one's equally as weird to me. So, this is the one we went with. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you find that one where they string up the guy, you let me know. We'll have a week of, or a, a theme. <laughs> a lighthouse theme. Lighthouse theme. So, that is the story of the Flannan Isles lighthouse disappearance. Fun. <laughs> Very much so. As far as tales we normally tell this one i can call it quote fun because That's true. it it's might not have involved murder and you know right. uh, they may have people been doing terrible things abducted by aliens they like, might have been yeah. abducted by aliens absolutely so nice or enough. mermaids <laughs> they are the bitches or the half sea. mermaids half albatross <laughs> half mermaid half albatross which, what's the bottom half yeah which, I mean, which, which part is the fish i say the top part is the fish well then how do it breathe in the air oh you know that's a question for another day we're gonna have to discuss but that. wouldn't that be bad if you were half albatross but you didn't get the wings oh i know you only yeah. had the feet and <laughs> <laughs> <Got> a bill <laughs> so yes this is a we're ending on a much lighter note than we usually do for murder brunch so that's kind of nice uh sources sources my sources for the Copeland murders come from ThoughtCo.com, The Copeland Killings by Tom Miller, and InvestigationDiscovery.com. I have quite a few. Um, first of all, Unexplained, which is a favorite podcast of, of Murder Brunch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Their season one, episode eight, touches on this. And he... Oh, so detailed. So detailed. So much more detailed than what I went into. So I highly recommend that. Royal Museum's Greenwich Site, Mental Floss, Atlas Obscura, and the Northern Lighthouse Board. Because I wanted to see how people lived in the lighthouse and stuff. And so they had some details on that. So it was nice. Um, <laughs> that was nice. That was nice. Thank so. you, Lighthouse Board. <laughs> if you are interested in contacting us or finding out more details about Murder Brunch, you can check our socials. We are Everything Murder Brunch on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
that's it, right? Social. Yep. And then <laughs> we have an email, which is murderbrunchbunch at gmail.com. And our website is murderbrunchbunch.com, right? It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, we also have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. Um, for $5 a month, you get some extra stuff, um, some little vocal tidbits, recipes, and an extra story a month presented by me. <laughs> Bye, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> so join us next time for more mayhem. More murder. More snacks. Bye. Bye. Bye.